everybody and welcome to AV World UK episode four. Today we are joined by the wonderful Greg Matt and we are also joined by, as usual, Mr Mark Sumner and Mr Andy Sharp. How are we doing? Good evening. evening. Good, thank you. Very well, thank you. Good, good, good to hear it, Greg. So today we are talking about what is AV and what does AV mean to us? We have got plenty of talking points and plenty to go through today, but as usual, we're going to keep it on the lighthearted stuff. So I'm going to throw you right in at the deep end, Greg. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Define subjects for me, not, not nice too broad or anything for me to what, try and cover off. What <laughs> is define define the industry that we work in for everyone? Exactly that. We're no going to pressure. Try and... Yeah, <laughs> well, nothing wrong. This will be sent to everybody's bosses as well. So make sure you get it right, Greg. <laughs> That's it. What does so we'll start nice and light. What does audiovisual mean to you then, Greg? Well, I, I'm one for keeping things simple. I think, and it's uh, I try not to mystify it, but at the same time, sort of you want to talk up talk up the industry and what you work in so um i think there's lots of jargon and there's lots of um sort of buzzwords around but yeah i'm i I try and keep it simple i've always worked in the v side of the av so if someone asked me what i do i've stopped trying to explain it in detail uh, (laughs) and just say well i I sell big tellies to people uh, and, (laughs) and, and leave it at that um if they want a slightly broader explanation then we point out some I tend to point out some sort of visible sort of installations that they might have seen uh, and and talk about usually video walls that comes into that's something that that most people have seen in public Um, and yeah I think people have got a a sort of loose idea of it but uh, yeah it's always a difficult one when sort of family and friends ask you what you do for a living and you you try and explain it I think people they sort of see the kit out there and they think it just magically appears there one day and they, they don't necessarily understand that there's a whole sort of industry built built behind uh sort of supplying and installing that that sort of kit i completely agree yeah yeah 100 and and lads uh you know for you have you got any clear definitions what av means to you well i'll go off on a tangent here already um what do you tell people when they ask you what you do for a living so uh, to give you some context well, i used to sell lamps for ages and ages and ages and people would say, oh, what do you do for a living? I sell lamps. And they go, oh, well, the ones you're screwing in your kitchen. You go, no, it's not the same. It's very... So eventually I would just stop being honest and I would say, oh, do you know, I just have a job. I just do sales. It's fine. <laughs> Every time you talk about lamps, I've about 15 lamp puns pop in my head. And <laughs> well, This is it, right? So it's either we get the puns or people's eyes glaze over. But either way, people are not interested to know what I actually do for a living. So... Um, yeah, so what do you guys sort of say? Do you, you always um AV and I'm really proud and this is I'm the same as Greg. I'm the same as Greg. I'm like big tellies. I, I think it's really <laughs> difficult for me to explain to anybody else. You know, how, how do you define the you know, some of it? And and I'm sure we can get to to the bottom of some of it through today's podcast, but uh it, it's difficult to define. It's difficult to sort of to outline audio visual as a as an individual aspect other than what people can co- sort of refer to or think of immediately when you say av then generally oh i got a telly i think people want a defined answer like when they if it's casual conversation what do you do for a living they want you to be a teacher or a fireman yeah. or something oh that sounds interesting on to the next topic but when when, <laughs> when it's something that they don't necessarily have heard of or don't know anyone else that do that it's sort of a bit um yeah they don't often want the want the detail but yeah what about you mark for me, it's uh, a little bit tough being in UC. When you uh, when you go, oh, I'm in UC, they go, oh, so you sell more miles? You know, that's what you sell. <laughs> <laughs> Images of phone shops bring to mind, yeah. yeah de- de- dead phones, you know. You know, sit in the O2 centre. 
you know, so many. But uh, yeah, it's, it's tough when you do uh, explain it and go through it. And I, I mean, video, I mean, audio, I mean, the big telly, someone once said to me, telly boxes. I mean, the big telly boxes. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> There's a northern phrase. <laughs> so it, it is, but the more deeper you go, the blanker the expressions you get when you tell people, because they're like, I just turn it on. I don't care how it gets there. Yeah. I just turn it on and it works. So. I think I think AV, like an audio visual certainly has, has shifted in the time that I've, throughout my career, and I've worked with people in the past that have been really at the forefront of audio visual sales and in and around the AV industry for a long, long time. And I've seen it go from really a dark art like it was really tried to be kept as sort of this mystical thing of audio visual and there's still probably that remnants of it by us finding it <laughs> difficult to define exactly what we do but there's real this sort of mysticism of like how does that box make that box work and and how does you get signal from one thing to another and certainly the evolution of an industry from what I, we probably enjoyed being a bit of a dark art because it, it suited a lot of us because it made us a lot more technical um, to, to where it is now where still there's, there's um, uh, a real specialism around, around parts of it, but the ease of use and the simplicity has been pushed forward as part of most of the stuff. Yeah, I, I think we see it as getting simpler because I think we've seen uh, sort of technology as a whole move on and domestic technology become uh, much more advanced. And so we've seen it become easier um, as new technologies come out. But actually, if you think about it, then when you try to explain a simple sort of AV installation to the, of on the street or someone that hasn't got any technical background, then I think it is still relatively complex. I mean, if you stop someone on the street and just explain, I don't know, an HD base T connection from a from a box to a, a screen or whatever, then they'd sort of glaze over and say, what are you talking about? But for <laughs> us, that's that's quite simple. And now yeah. that standard's built into lots of displays and it's just a cable and it it delivers audio, it delivers video. And so I think it has moved on and and yeah, some of it's become demystified um, and some of it's come become a little bit commoditized. So lots of people, they're not going to an AV company. They are just going to their local retailer and buying a telly to put up on the wall because the, the cost has come down yeah um, but i think there still is an element and because we've all been doing it for a few years i think we we see it as being we see it as becoming simpler but um like you say we want to want to keep it a little bit yeah. <laughs> a little bit mystified <laughs> just to keep the uh, keep some excitement in in life yeah you don't i don't i don't i think we don't want absolutely everybody to do what you do i think there's got to be an element <laughs> of you know uh, being a, a protectionism and and uh you know certainly um, as we've seen more and more within like articles and blogs and people discussing that the you know audio visual and technology are becoming closer and closer together so we've got this you know where we've gone from a real dark art and this mystic part of it to the the new world and the new breeds and this more simplistic elements of of that it's becoming more and more just technology and and uh, in time sort of harder to to possibly define between technology and audio visual technology and it not just being uh that and i think potentially that's down to more standardization networking um and, and using you know standard format whereas it you needed 15 different cables to connect stuff you can as you say with with certain things do it with just one 
So mm. once you're able to connect one box to another box and lots of other boxes, all with a single type of cable, it, it loses a little bit of that. It does, yeah. And I think five, six, seven years ago, people were talking about the convergence of AV and IT. And I think people are still talking about that now. And I don't think yeah. it's really happened to the extent that people imagine that there was going to be one big happy network and everything would sit on it and you could plug something in in one room and it would pop out in the other room and there wouldn't be any sort of trouble. And I don't think that's really happened at the rate that people were expecting it to happen sort of like say five or six years ago. So um, I think there is more of a separation than, than some people would care to care to admit. Um, and that comes from obviously different aspects, people not wanting to, to integrate it and, and, and perhaps keeping it separate. So I think AV is using more more IT and technology and IP technology. But um, I think when it comes to the installations, a lot of it remains still fairly separate. Yeah, we eat technology. So AV just sort of takes other people's ideas and technology and goes, that's part of us. So <laughs> VR popped up a couple of years ago and AV sort of went off. Oh, VR is one of ours now. Um, and then you can go to a trade show. I bet we're at ISC this year and you'll see crazy developments in terms of VR applications within, say, a teaching um, you know, environment. And it, it sort of is grown and it just keeps cannibalizing eating more, but in a good way, I suppose. That's uh, There's probably yeah. elements of it that are like where it doesn't have a place. If it's audio and visual, if it can be seen and heard, we'll have it. Like, if <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. And, and you, I think we've seen it a little bit more, like um, with UC and 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 certainly stuff that you work with, Mark. Of the up to a few years ago, certainly post like pandemic stuff, it was UC was a was a room that you know you needed a specialist degree to go and plug everything in, and only the the, the boardroom table was was the only place that you'd find a a, a phone, and and it was point to point conferencing systems and you could pay extra and get a multi-point so now where we're at with it and and you can see that you know audio audio visual as a as an industry i guess as a as technology sort of doing exactly what andy says eating <laughs> that that uc part of it because it is visual because it is audio it is and it, it comes back to the base of what you said before of those standardizations across the world AV in some cases has become a standard within people's homes, within technology, within business, and people have become more used to AV being there. Whereas before, just like you see, it was a complete, somebody knew how to come in, somebody who had a degree. I have one of those degrees. I can work one of those things. And so, <laughs> you know, I've got a degree in that, but you would have to come in and have a specialized person come in and do your UC and then somebody completely different for your AV, somebody completely different for your networking. And as we've tried to, I think as the world has kind of gone and tried to create an ecosystem of products that work together, standards have to be followed. And so most things now are, like I said before, IP related. Most things are becoming a simple USB connection so everything can interact and transfer quickly. And that has kind of removed that dark art bit of it, of people yeah. going, look how easy this is. I can't believe we were scared <laughs> of this five years ago. It's unbelievable. What they don't realise is what they see today has nothing on what they saw five years ago. <laughs> you yeah. know, having to dial an IP address and type in those 16 digits with a dot and put it all through so you can make a video call from to put it down and then have to retype it back in again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> complete difference of the world that we're in today of, oh, I've got the phone 
number i'll just dial them on this or an email address and just hit that and it, it connects us yeah uh, and it connects us via that big telly box on the on the wall there <laughs> you know, i'm using that all this podcast telly box is coming out um, and 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 that that's the change is everybody's now used to it the pandemic has has really thrown everybody into the entire of the AVUC and it's thrown different types of technologies together to create better things for the world. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's where everybody's becoming more of an AV geek now to go. We, everybody needs it. Everybody wants it. This is, this is the way of life. I, I, like we we've talked about it in, in other, in, in our previous podcasts about the um, experience of audio visual and it being something that enhances what we do and 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 the world around us and and improving our experience for whether it's in a retail environment or it's in a office environment or wherever that may be the addition of audio visual is to make our experience better or, or enhance it and take it further than just sending a letter or, or, or a, a physical interaction so we've we've seen the advancements of technology and the growth of an emergence of different technologies we've seen some things that have taken off uh, some things that have fallen by the wayside. I uh, I fondly remember 3D being the next big thing. Um, <laughs> I'll have a bunch of 3D glasses next to my yeah. TV. <laughs> All those people that upgraded their TV to Sky 3D or invested in those 3D projectors for classrooms because that was the next best thing. <laughs> um, so we've seen this 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 change or, or evolution of things that potentially could be that never were. <laughs> Or, yeah, or... it's funny that, and the, the sort of the domestic, some of the domestic stuff sort of falls over and just takes off, and like the simple things, like at the HDMI sort of connection, and then other things that you think are going to take off, like 4K. But 4K in 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 screens is sort of t- taken off and become standard, but in projectors, 4K isn't isn't really standard, and even on yeah. some of the bigger video walls, the resolutions aren't actually that high. They might be capable of it, but often the content's not not still not there yet so it's funny that 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 hasn't yeah 3d 3d is another one that, that never really took over but um oh yeah i also think the covid has accelerated some of the stuff obviously around uc and um and collaboration and and that whole piece but i think i was thinking that it's, it slowed down a lot of a lot of things with with component shortages and with us uh, manufacturers just trying to sort of make what we already make and, and and try and manage the supply chain i think the the development of some of the stuff has, has slowed down which is a shame i think two years ago three years ago we were all if we talk about led for example we we're all talking about under a mil pixel pitch and that'll be that'll be the next sort of um the benchmark and and we were I, i'm sure we we're expecting sort of two years later that would be the new sort of standard and it and it just it's not there there hasn't been the demand for it and uh the cost hasn't come down as a result and we're still up at 1.5 or 2 mil sort of pixel pitch so yeah, I think it has accelerated stuff, but it's a shame also that the, some other um, developments have been been slowed a little bit. From what I've seen, it's been development through necessity. So we've not seen massive evolution in some sort of in like classroom tech, for example, because it's been you know the needed uh, requirements have been sort of more for upgrades uh, and and audio visual within a classroom specifically has been 
fairly flatlined for, for some time as to exactly what's been put in there to fulfill an audiovisual requirement that there's there's been needed as as we've evolved through um, different iterations of, of audiovisual in, in that space. Uh, certainly a way to present to a classroom of, of students, but actually what's being presented hasn't changed too much. I mean, we still see, I'm sure we've all been out there and it's a big PowerPoint clicker on the wall or, or and a four by three presentation on a four K panel. Um, yeah, I was thinking I was in a school not not uh, not so long ago actually, and they had a mixture of sort of projectors and touchscreens, and I was thinking what. Well, I was trying to make myself very rich by thinking, what what is the next thing? What, yeah. what comes under? Because we've had uh, projectors. Well, we've had overhead projectors. I'm not old enough to remember those, but I've heard of them. Uh, <laughs> I ask for OHPs. I genuinely do. <laughs> Get the acetates with your with your pen out. <laughs> yeah. We've had projectors of various types. We've, we're into solid state, and then we we're in the UK are, are lucky to be at a quite advanced sort of transition to to interactives and, and sort of second and third stages of those. But I was thinking, what comes under after a big touchscreen in a in a classroom is in terms of presenting? Will all the kids be sat there on their own devices receiving a feed from the teachers will they have headsets on it'll be interesting to see see where that goes i think fundamentally teaching has been back to complete historical times of somebody stood in front presenting or get delivering facts so uh, the way of enhancing that has generally been uh, a way of being able to provide more visual stimulation through a display or projector or whatever it might be so i think it would be a large shift away to individual device to be able to provide that but there's certainly going to be a balance you know we we've seen more and more remote learning um, requests and people being able to access information for, for education um, information from uh, you know distance learning in um, in a further and higher education space where it's not publicly funded it, it, it's it's more you know investing in their own education to deliver a degree it, you know we've seen seen enhancements so i know that that's something that a subject we're going to talk about in the future on on future podcasts and that hybrid learning um situation so i think we've not seen that that leap forward because no one really knows like you say when you go into a classroom what's that gonna what's that next step gonna be and, yeah. and i think it's been that evolution through necessity for uc because we've not been able to be next to each other but we still crave that interaction uh, and being able to see someone's face so that's been a development but it'd be interesting to see what catches up first like what av technology specifically is going to yeah. catch up <clears throat> i think that's key for education is the sort of the interactivity and the the group learning because you just you know, there's no replacement for that you can do distant stuff but you're not going to capture the kids sort of imagination or, or capture their attention with them all wearing sort of VR. Well, maybe you would with VR headsets. I'm not sure. I'm sure your typical state school can uh, is going to be able to afford that anytime soon. But uh, I think that'll be a sad day if you walk into a classroom and they've all got, all got their headsets on. Uh, well, they're all at home with rugby. their headsets on. Well, that as well. Yeah. What's the point in going into school? So I think that'll yeah. be a, a bit of a sad day. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see see what's next on that on that yeah. front. So a virtual bulldog what? in the back garden is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Run across. Yeah. You can see what uh, what kind of technology will be going and what kind of entices kids. And spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't been to Harry Potter World. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I took the kids first time before Christmas, went into the Gringotts Bank, the big dragon that comes out, you know, on the big LED screen and that. I spent a good two minutes explaining to Mrs. I sold that. And she walked away and went, no idea what that is 
<laughs> but it's great. How can we do that at home? Looks and great. Going, Half a million quid, maybe we could, but you know, it's, it's an expensive piece. But the kids loved it. And I think that's yeah. a bit. It's now finding the technology that will embrace people to push boundaries. You know, yeah. like I said, everything that has to be developed is to move us forward, not take us back. So it's finding that right technology. So LED might be the next big thing that comes out and kind of once the price kind of comes down, everybody has it, everywhere has it, everywhere shows it. Virtual reality, you know, you, you see it in many movies, you know, a virtual person just turns up in front of you and talks to you, a Cortana, or a, you know, Alexa might actually be a physical uh, physical seat, be able to see them. So well, I hope not, because you'll be telling me I've spent too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you need that extra thing for you the You mean garden? your wife, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> They've got that Google glass thing where you can put the glasses on and it yep. overlays uh like a vr environment on a 3d environment so you can kind of see through the glasses ar, AR augmented, yeah, augmented yeah, reality augmented that's reality. the one yeah that's what i was skipping about so you know it is getting there it turned out they were too expensive and didn't particularly work very well but the first iteration always fails it'll be you know three to four um five six different times down the lane then it will start working and then it'll become cheap enough we talked about trade shows in episode one and and, and uh, yeah, at CES, there's been an evolution of AR technologies for the last three or four years. And I've si- I've, I've watched the same company and their evolution of their technology and, um, and incorporation of it and their stand grow steadily larger and the applications that they're promoting the, the products for steadily and the designs get steadily nicer. So the point now where they're probably like a pair of sunglasses that you would generally wear and and with a small cable that comes out of the back of the of the frame and and they're getting nicer and nicer and nicer so if we're able to add that as part of our everyday life that potentially the prospect and you see a lot around the metaverse and what is the metaverse and and all of these different um aspects of it so it's really interesting to see how audio visual play a part in that if we're talking about incorporating virtual reality or augmented reality as an audio visual technology um and incorporating that in there then clearly that's going to play a part in us having what avatars We'll get into that in a future podcast. I know we've got a, we've got a special guest lined up for for that discussion, so we won't go too deep into it. But I but incorporating I've just got, I, when I googled it, there's a, just a, a hilarious sentence that I think sums up the AV industry quite quite nicely on Wikipedia under on the metaverse. The term has been used as a buzzword to exaggerate development progress of various related technologies and pro- projects <laughs> for public relations purposes. <laughs> if we start chucking the metaverse buzzword around in AV, then I think that, that sums it up quite, quite yeah. nicely. <laughs> well, I think, like, you know, as we talk, uh, talk about it, I think we've, we've seen that we, we're talking about, like, the real future of stuff, but some of the stuff that we used to deal with and we'll all remember different older technologies we talked we touched on you know overhead projectors but i've been to a few um offices and i've been to some manufacturers offices and, and worked for a manufacturer myself and they generally they'll have this sort of museum or, or or shrine to some of their old tech and how we managed to survive with some of it i think is unbelievable really and the quality <laughs> of looking for a way of enhancing our lives but then you know suffering through some pretty awful and terrible quality uh image when you look back at it now (laughs) oh i mean you look back at it now and 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 you think really i put up with i put i think the quality uh, well i'm gonna sound really old now but i think the quality was was better back when there was dedicated 
because there used to be a lot of dedicated stuff that you just don't get now like everything is hdmi or it's over a network whereas before like when you plugged in a dvi cable or a 5 bnt cable like it is not coming out again it's, it, it's solid yeah like the pins might bend and you might have to shave the side off of a bit of one of them with a stanley knife to get it in but like you it wasn't it was solid it wasn't coming back out and i think we i think we missed some of that stuff now because it's all sort of fallen over from from domestic or a lot of the, the sort of connections and, and bits and pieces has so yeah it's um i know but you, screwing in a vga cable is still that's uh, it's still not something that you look forward to and it's certainly <laughs> when people are still asking for these things now it's it testament to the fact that they enjoyed them but it doesn't necessarily mean that you'd want to live by those standards forever and, and uh having to make sure that that was secure by screwing it in i mean you don't have to do that with uh with, with the connections now or you know multiple colored composite video cables and, and or or scart leads where <laughs> you're, you're blowing in the end of it to make sure that it was definitely going to work uh in the back of your display you know some of it is uh certainly welcomed evolution now i think we're, we're glad that we've progressed yeah you're all for the most part i still have scart leads and composite <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we've new, heard about your bag of cables <laughs> <laughs> we've heard about your bag of cables i'm sure you've got a parallel cable in the serial cable vga cable rj9 you know go, go. you need it one day you don't want to go you don't want to get to a demo and you not have the right cable correct you're like the correct. walking man draw mark yeah <laughs> well, do you want to know after we after what we did the uh and obviously the last podcast about demos i actually we turned up on site in a demo last week and i didn't have a power cable oh. and i was like don't you worry i have the bag brought out the bag <laughs> i'd only got and brought the european power cables unless the uk ones at home <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always always a bad time but you know and i think obviously everything we've discussed now is kind of on the on the visual point of what people can see a real key one is kind of audio that's going ahead there's the um the big stuff that started coming out of the spatial um audio you can have different sounds from different sides of your headphones to dictate where yeah. people are in certain meetings and you know that evolution has come because of covid because of video games you know call of duty has been doing that for many many years as such yeah. uh, but it's now becoming that's what people want so that it can tilt the head and go oh, i'm looking at that person on the video because i can hear they're coming from that side of my headset and it's you know it's used a lot more in music industry you know av is huge in the musical industry but again not many people see that they just they go oh got a song gear they don't realize how much mixing's gone into that how many recordings replays how many different amplifiers have gone through it you know the changes that have done and all that's av and when you try and explain that to people they're like no yeah it still doesn't make sense but it is you know it's, it's, a, it's a huge world that we're just a small part of it, yeah. it really is and as we've brought uc into av and as we've brought other technologies into av and took the av over ips and things like that that's where the technology is coming more together and more embraced. So I think that's where uh, that's where we're going to struggle because how are you going to explain that you look after networking, UC, AV, IP, laptops, teammates? This, this is the, the, the sort of the, the reason, I guess, for the episode of, of what is AV because it's such a broad subject because I AV encompasses all of those elements. We've got live production, you've got UC, you've got all of these because, as, as Andy says, you know, it kind of eats 
everything around it. It's like, you know, sort of a bit of a, a Pac-Man industry of <laughs> uh, where... I like that. It's a good yeah. soundbite. <laughs> and, yeah. and defining what audiovisual is, because there's so many different elements that make up audiovisual and why we find it difficult to explain what we do and, and, and what parts of it we play. Because we, you know, generally, you know, all of us here are, are in a, a smaller part, not really involved in, in uh, live production, not really involved in um, in a big way in even broadcast uh, and and TV broadcast and, and um, you know, all of the parts that come into that as audiovisual or residential and the upgrades that are being made into into those spaces so you know we have a a, a a smaller part although we have some interactions outside of it so uh, you know as we we sort of talk through what is av i think it's more down to what is av to us and and how we see audiovisual um uh, as much as what is um, audiovisual, because there's such a huge, such a huge part of of the world that are affected by AV. If we were clear to look at it, um, it's, it, that's what makes it a more singular part. When we can, when we look to try and define it a little bit further, I think yeah, you go to the AV awards and you know a few people, and you think you're connected into the web of AV. Don't tell the secrets, Craig. Yeah, well. <laughs> Um, and then you've got to think that, yeah, I've only ever worked for a sort of display manufacturer. And so that's my sort of specialty. And I know that mm. that sort of stuff quite well. Um, but there are sort of distributors that I've never worked with. There's You still occasionally will come across a reseller down the road from you and you like never didn't know they existed. Uh, <laughs> immediately try and sell them some kit. And uh, so, I've, yeah, like you say, it's important to remember that we're a small part. But that would be interesting for you both to explore on, on future. Maybe some residential stuff would be nice to. To, to hear about what's going on in that world because uh, yeah. yeah i certainly don't don't do much of that I'm, I'm i'm keen to know a bit more about the different areas of it and i know that you know we've got some 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 different things lined up in uh, in the future with with different people from other areas that we don't necessarily bump into on a regular basis um but you know that will help us to sort of understand a bit more different aspects of it because we we as a podcast call ourselves AV World UK and and we uh, define ourselves as understanding audiovisual and we probably understand where it all sits but how it all goes together you know is is it would takes an awful lot um, and you know there's 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 people that bring in more aspects of it but clearly we look for specialists within the broader area which is why there's sort of subsections i guess of 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 av and and we sort of cross over in in parts but you know there's we there's certainly different standards within every one of those parts so where you know broadcast will tend really standardize on one type of cable technology or one set of uh of, of requirements and uc will standardize in that where so as you said you know earlier greg with this expectations of it and av converging on each other and becoming this this great big tech bubble and everything just being called tech i think it's still going to be sometime often when AV hasn't encompassed all of AV just yet with the standardization. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, there's a lot of companies out there that have had to sort of diversify on the reseller level. And, and, and during COVID, there's a lot of events for people or even integrators that have turned to doing streams of, of various sort of services and events and, 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 and converted themselves to almost a little broadcast company because that's that's what they're doing there yeah. they're broadcasting whether it's over the internet or it's on tv um so yeah i think there's been a bit of a, a a crossover on that front um but yeah i mean it's a shame that 
people don't train to a lot of people that you speak to in AV they've trained in IT or I trained in sort of broadcast technology and um, and sound engineering and that kind of thing at uni and then I sort of fell into AV a little bit um, so it's it's I've always thought that quite strange and I've I st stayed in touch with my university sort of Solent in Southampton and said well why don't you have a course or, or at least a tangent of a course that sort of trains people up for AV because it's we all agree i'm sure that it's a great industry to work in yeah. and there seems to be uh from what i can see on linkedin a more of a shortage of, of, of good engineers and uh, and technical people than ever before so um yeah maybe that's our next venture av academy i'm sure someone's doing various things but certainly at the university level and at the college level uh, i don't think there's many courses that you can go and do a sort of full course on it and, and I know that, like, we, we, you know, you look at um, the potential of, of increased awareness through the likes of like Avixo as uh, the governing body for, for audiovisual on a, on a global scale, and and the work that's being looked at um, to increase that awareness for the for the younger people and to enhance their experience coming into an industry that's rapidly shifting and finding its feet all of the time, and and has there, there was for a lot of people it was it was a really difficult time because you know the events industry as we know just completely had to go away during the pandemic time so people looking to diversify and look at other technologies that can incorporate their skills and expertise and um you know trying finding new ways to maintain uh, their businesses and and to to establish themselves within their customer base um so they've evolved and and bringing new people into this industry right now i think it's a really exciting time i think audiovisual as a as an overall concept where whichever sort of area of av you're looking at going into there's a real uh, emergence of investment which will clearly drive that but also um emergence of interest in the the world around us we're out going out and sort of peeking out the curtains or, or opening the doors and venturing out a little bit more now and as as, as we're able to do so and we're we're wanting to see uh, a bit more experience. We wanted to feel a little bit more of the world around us. So people are, are spending money on on enhancing that, and 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 that means it's a really great time for us to sort of get new people involved, get new ideas. You know, when we were talking about if that last last week, we we're talking about diversity and bringing new people, new voices to the to the table, and encouraging absolutely everybody to get involved that we possibly can because it's going to make it even better and and, and enhance that excitement for sure yeah there's only um, so many middle-aged men that you want to shake hands with <laughs> have a chat to about life so yeah for sure and it is strange that there's all of these random courses at universities these days and people are paying these extortionate fees to train in something that there's no real guarantee of getting a job in that field at the end of it and and if you um if someone trained for this industry in a, in a proper way i mean it, you could almost guarantee them a, a job I, i'm sure there's lots of sort of vendors disties manufacturers, um resellers that would would take someone with some training um yeah. so yeah maybe another idea there for a future podcast maybe someone from a, a Vixor <laughs> or something for uh, to instead of me rambling on and not really knowing what I'm talking about <laughs> no, when, when you find that course can you uh, send me a link <laughs> yeah, I think what you could all do with it <laughs> yeah, it's nine it's nine grand a year and uh, three hours a week and, uh, yeah, the Greg Metropolitan yeah. University yeah. <laughs> Polytechnic for me Greg uh, you know, like I said about the uh, the Harry Potter world, the LED thing there. What would you say is your your best experience of AV outside of work? 
What's what's your best one that you've seen? That's a good one. Well, I stay on the Harry Potter film uh, theme. It, it made me ill. Uh, <laughs> but the Universal Studios in uh, in LA, um, the uh, experience there, which is sort of it's difficult to tell how big the screens are because everything's dark around you. You're sort of strapped into a sort of roller coaster type ride uh, and it's throwing you around and all you can see is, is projected images and you're sort of flying through the Harry Potter world. And that was just next level, like fully immersive, but you're, you haven't got anything in your, in front of your face you haven't got a vr set or whatever it's projection but fully immersive and fully made me feel sick for the rest of the day and i couldn't go on my chairs <laughs> ruined you, you by harry look potter at that. Yeah. look at that and go the amount of like you said whether it's led whatever it was the cabling that has to go into it the power that has to go in the back of it they're the uh they're the unsung heroes of all this because we, we sell the front end hardware they're the ones that have to run the miles of cabling they have to mount it they have to put it on you know we we're here talking about uh what we do i think uh we should talk more about what they do <laughs> yeah no definitely they make a massive but massive impact and make it making it work and putting it all together uh is is a is a the real technical aspect of that and the specialism that it takes you know when we are doing things like configuring projection mapping systems and video walls that that's they're the things i think that probably stay in the dark arts because there is such a real technical aspect to it there's no sort of there's there's some methodologies that they try to software programs where people try yeah. to get in at the front end but i think those projects are the thing about those projects is i don't think like videos the technology is not particularly complicated but those projects for most integrators are few and far between so by the time they get round to the next one they might be using a different brand of product or they it might be installed in a slightly different way and so they need the support uh, from a design perspective and maybe from an installation perspective and the same with big sort of mapping projects yeah there are companies that specialize in in sort of doing that temporarily uh, integrator it's going to be sort of few and far between so i think it's not necessarily the, the technology is that complex it's just that you don't you don't do that sort of stuff very often so it's um yeah there's always going to be specialists in that field so what does everybody think is going to be the next big evolution in audio visual we're going to nail our colors to the mast are we going to say what we believe it's going to be the next big thing. I know that Mr. Sharp is going to throw his hat in the ring because he's a massive fan of VR. I wasn't going to say VR, actually. I was going to go down the route of broadcast streaming and gaming, which is kind of a sensible answer for me. Um, mm. But we've just seen a huge explosion, not necessarily in AV yet, but just across the general public. Everybody has their own YouTube channel. We have our own podcast yeah, uh, and we've got our own kit to do this. And I think 10 years ago, this sort of standard level of equipment you'd have to go to like a studio to do it properly, you know, and it's, no one has probably still do to be fair. (laughs) Um, But it's the concept of streaming and bringing, uh, you know, that content management, your own branding of your, yourself and how that bleeds into everything else and how that's going to change everything. The broadcast is huge. And then, you know, gaming is crazy as well. It's now uh, an international sport. It's actually one of the fastest growing sports in the world. Um, You know, you get things over in South Korea, like the Starcraft, um, championships and they get like 20,000 people that fill out halls it's crazy it's a yeah. interesting exciting but all of that is on big video walls on, on yeah we've built it, I think we built an esports arena in the UK now so you know they're funded by big big companies that are investing lots of money and in, in making this work so we'll definitely see that what about you Greg 
We're going to narrow your colours to the mast on the technology. Where's the next Am big, I where's the world going? Where's my, the AV world going? Put my reputation on the line. What reputation, they say. Um, I, I think that for me, it's I, I want to see what's next after after the interactive display. That's, that's sort of my current uh, field, I guess, uh, or fast becoming so. And I want to see something that's uh, bezel-less, that's... Uh, the, the joke always used to be, when's Minority Report going to be here in terms of moving <laughs> stuff around? That, that was always yep. a joke. And like, where, where is that? Like that film was, what, 20 years ago? <laughs> where, where is that? So I think, yeah, some, some form of, um, we've seen the flexible OLED displays uh, um, from, from manufacturers. So something borderless that's also touch capable um, and um, that's going to be a, a, a cost. So I, that's, that's where I would see that, that type of segment going and that's what I think would, uh, yeah. I can see that. Mark? I, I, I am going to steal Andy Sharp's virtual reality. I really am. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm going to stick to my UC colours. I, I believe we're going to kind of get these virtual reality meeting rooms where you can kind of create a meeting room and you can just put some glasses on and you all feel you're in the same meeting room. You're all sat there. You can see each other as per your creation, whether it's, you know, visually... And it's, you know, you sat at my desk here and I had some glasses on it. It'd feel like I'm in a room with all four of you at a table and, we, and I could hear you from the left side, Mr. Sharp from the right side. Greg obviously would be sat across the table shouting at me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think that's where the next thing will go because it's all about unified comms, communications now, collaboration, bringing people together. It, that's going to be the next thing for the next three, four or five years, I think, of bringing more people closer. And the only way to do that is in a virtual world. Because yeah. without it, you know, we're all going to be on planes, trains, automobiles. And, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and that's, I think that's where I'm going to nail it to. Yeah. And when we come back to the podcast in two years and I'm right, how much are we saying? <laughs> <laughs> no betting, no betting allowed, no betting allowed. I'm not sure you can patent the concept of VR, Mark. You might miss the boat on that one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> not, not, not past Birmingham. Don't worry. <laughs> it was better than my idea of a, a big telly that's slightly better than it is now. So you're, you're fine. Yeah. That's a telly, big telly box. Uh, I'll make that one. I do want to see that, Greg. I want to see minority reports of pulling stuff and flipping it about and and flipping it to the screen behind and turning around. There's yeah. there's certainly sort of so, uh, softwares. I've you see the evolution of software that is able to enhance hardware, and I think that that's where a lot of this investment and time. Where I see, I, I can't see, and certainly in the immediate future, as we say about um, you know chip shortages and and hardware upgrades being reduced. I see there being more of an advance in software to enhance existing. That, that's where I kind of see the next level layer of, of, of audiovisual. And rather there being a huge upgrade in, in the hardware space to uh, for a particular technology, I think there'll be more um, increased software capabilities to, to make these things work. So whether it be augmented reality and virtual reality or it'll be sort of... Um, like we talk about minority report of moving things yeah. around, but th there's kind of that software technologies almost there in some ways. And, and, and there'll be, a, I think there'll be a lot more money and, and investment put into that enhancement of existing less sort of make do and men, but really do more with what we have. Yeah. There's always the adage that sort of content is king. And I think that's, that's sometimes forgotten still, particularly with large sort of displays is that, yeah, like you say, if instead of just playing a video, could that be a sort of uh, an augmented engine that's driving that and then you right. can interact with it. So yeah, you're, you're probably right. I think the hardware's close, but people aren't 
investing in maybe the software for those sort of one-off projects or those sort of large format type interactive things um, outside of, of sort of museums and that. So that's a pretty good chat. I think we've come to the end of, of what is audio visual and we've decided it's massive and effectively a Pac-Man of an industry that swallows and gobbles up everything else. Greg, it's been absolutely amazing chatting to you, but we cannot finish without Mr. Sharp and your quiz. We're going to hand over to you for a little quiz <laughs> at the end of it. Have we got a quiz? So, quiz, in, keeping, in keeping with tradition, uh, my oh. quiz won't have any questions. Oh, no uh, quiz again. <laughs> uh, one of these days you are going to give One of these days. <laughs> Mark was very prescient earlier. He said AV is often uh, little A, big V. So I thought we could have a look at some interesting facts about sound. Yeah, Sounds good to me. Exciting. Sounds so, good. Yeah. What a good uh, one. <laughs> number one. Uh, so early Zenith TV remote controls. I don't know if anyone remembers Zenith TVs because you're all so young and thrusting, so that's fine. <laughs> Zenith used to make really, really old TVs. Um, their TV remotes used to change channels by sound. So essentially, but you know when you'd have the TV remotes that still wired into the TV and then they sort of moved away from those and they had their first truly remote controls. They weren't in for... Um, they actually had a, a little button that you pushed and a small hammer strikes an aluminium rod triggering a sound above the human hearing range, and that is how the TV used to t change channels. Wow. wow. So it's a bit like that I talk into my remote now. I talk into my remote now and say, quick, change the channel, or, or <laughs> something's on it that shouldn't be, or, or Sky Sports or whatever. But that's kind of like the first iteration of that then. that's Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like really getting into, and then what? So there's a receiver in the TV that picks there's up. There's a that receiver sound in the TV that can pick and... up the sound. Loads of angry dogs in the neighbourhood. No one knows why. <laughs> Every time the dog barks, the television channel <laughs> changes. I'm trying to watch the telly. We're just freaking out. <laughs> uh, okay, so fact number two. I'm gonna. This is quite a hard one to pronounce. Superior canal dehiscence. Superior Easy for canal you to say. Dehiscence <laughs> is a disease that affects the inner ear and amplifies all internal sounds. It gets to the point where the sound of the eyeballs moving around in the sockets sounds like sandpaper on wood. So basically, it's like a superpower. If you could listen and hear sound incredibly well all the time. It would be horrible because you can just hear your own body working. My goodness. Yeah, me. I've heard of a condition that where you can hear the blood like pumping in your own ear and it drives you basically to destruction. But well, they have those nice rooms, happy those... note to finish. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh no, I've got a good one to finish on. But they have those sort of soundproofed rooms where it, it can yeah you can literally hear Ana, anechoic chamber. There you go. Look at this. We uh, we all said we were little A, <laughs> but suddenly become experts at the end of the podcast. Um, so this is a Max good one University for Carl, that. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, sound cancelling headphones work by making a sound exactly 180 degrees out of phase with any unwanted noise. So the sound wave that it sends out interferes with that of the original sound, and then the two sound waves cancel each other out, create silence. That's, so what? So they like bash against each other. Yeah. Stop yeah, so you, any noise. Just take some sound and move in 90 degrees. I'm not quite sure how that works, but just fudge it about, and they cancel each other out. I mean, you know, I, I've certainly we're, we're going to need more and more of that noise cancelling stuff as we get closer back to each other because we've all been used to sitting on our own and then all of a sudden we're going to get thrown back in next to each other like bloody hell he's noisy. And I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can quite happily stuff. shout at people or, or, or work from my office on my own every day, but yeah, when suddenly thrown back in next to sat next to somebody, they're going to get very uh, very grumpy if they don't have any noise cancelling headphones. So uh, no, we're definitely going to need more and more of that. There is more of that, and I've visited my manufacturer a few years ago who was into that soundscaping and exactly that and you pump noises between sets of desks 
and you cannot hear the other set of desks. You, you, it There's all these noise different colours of noise, isn't there? Noise, like white yeah. noise, pink noise, brown noise, all of that sort of stuff that like you know affects the difference. Someone says, uh, "Can we do brown noise?" You say no, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's absolutely fantastic, uh, Andy. Th- thank you very much for those uh, again brilliant facts. Um, Greg, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining us uh, and, and talking through that, gents. An absolute pleasure as always. Thank you. Well, everybody, so much for your support, for liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast. We're now available on iTunes, so you can find us there. We're also available on Spotify directly at uh, avworlduk.com uh, and all of the other platforms. Please keep interacting with us. We'd love to talk to you and hear from you, um, and we look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>